Hey everybody, I want to take a second just off the top and say thank you for uh, your interest in the Good Life EDU podcast. Um, today's episode is one that's coming from Lisa Herman. Uh, she is a second grade teacher at Centra Elementary here in Nebraska, and we recorded this at the end of the school year, and so it's been about three weeks or so uh, since we recorded this, and with the Future Ready Conference, we moved up some podcasts to try to promote the sessions prior to that event, and so even though it's been about three weeks since we recorded this, I couldn't be more proud to bring you this episode with Lisa because of the innovative practices she's been able to implement into her primary classroom. So with that being said, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope you got a chance to be part of the Future Ready Conference, which um, I'm actually recording this between day one and two, and we had 1,750 Nebraska educators register for that event. So check out those sessions online uh, if you didn't get a chance to take part because most of that content is recorded. It's an opportunity for you to learn from some of the great people that were presenting there. And with all that front-loaded and said, hope you enjoy the pod. Welcome to the Good Life EDU podcast presented by the Nebraska ESU Coordinating Council. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the latest in digital learning across Nebraska and around the country. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back uh, to another episode of the Good Life EDU podcast. And I'm really excited today to have an opportunity to speak with Lisa Herman, who is working as a second grade teacher right now in the midst of this remote learning experience. And uh, we're really, as we're recording this, um, we're nearing the end of May. And so it really is the school year is, is wrapping up for most folks, if it hasn't already. Uh, and so I'm going to let Lisa kind of introduce herself here to start things off. And we're going to talk, yeah, remote learning, particularly kind of in that primary grade range, um, which can be challenging. I've got a kindergartner at home. I understand a little bit about what this feels like from the parent standpoint. So Lisa, welcome to uh, the pod today. I'm excited for our chat. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Tell um, us a little bit about your like career and kind of history up to this point, if you would. Just kind of, yeah, give me the backstory. Okay, Sure. As you said, I'm Lisa Herman. I teach second grade at Centra Elementary, which is a consolidated school district outside of Grand Island. We consolidate between three communities, Caro, Danabrog, and Bolas. I've been there for 30 years. <laughs> I don't feel like I've been there for 30 years. It feels like a blink of an eye, but 30 years all in the same district. I taught Title I, that was early in my career, I've taught third grade, and have spent the most time in second grade. Awesome. Awesome. And so with second grade, were there any things that sort of were going on over the course of the months and even the school year prior to us breaking that you feel like in hindsight set you up well for that initial transition? And don't be wrong, it was an emergency transition. It too. was an emergency transition. Oh my transition. gosh, like no one yes. could, could certainly yes. navigate those, those waters calmly. But yes. um, yeah, yes. what, were there some things from the school year maybe that you feel like helped in that initial onboarding? Oh, absolutely. Um, our school district, you know, along with several school districts in the ESU 10 area, have been doing a lot with blended learning the last three years. We kind of have a core group of teachers at school that have kind of kind of dove into that and have kind of just been adding little pieces to that every year. I will say that because of that blended learning training and listening to speakers like AJ Giuliani and studying Catlin Tucker and just our wonderful team at ESU and plus our wonderful team at Centura. I felt like my class was, it was not an easy thing. As you said, it was kind of an emergency thing, but because we had done so much of the blended within the, 
the classroom and we had a lot of technology tools that we were already using that the kids were familiar with that they did not have to learn at home. I felt that that just really helped them transition into this emergency piece. Awesome. And that's, that's good to hear. That's what this podcast in part is about. We're trying to share really good ideas, but also like point people to the fact that ESUs are, are here to support and, and to stretch thinking and to equip people with those tools, as you said, to, to hopefully bring about a little bit more of a blended experience. And, and who knows if you need it for an emergency yeah. or when you return, yeah. but either way, it sounds like it's helpful. What were some of the tools maybe that you found? Cause I know right now, or at least as people were kind of moving into this space had a lot to do with what LMS, you know, how am I going to distribute information and what, what things can I use to engage students and have them kind of show what they know. And, and so where in that were maybe one or two pieces that you found particularly helpful. Um, you know, about four years ago, I started using something called Seesaw. At that time, it was, it was newer. You know, it was something that I was really interested in. And of course, our school district has a wonderful technology integration specialist, Kim Steffen, that I went to her and I said, hey, this is something I want to learn how to do. You know, let's do it together. Are you interested in this? And so she and I became ambassadors with Seesaw years ago and introduced it to our teachers and it kind of became our platform k6 you know flash forward four years and here we are having to have a platform to get information out to parents to get have kids show what they know to record messages to have kids post their homework and just have it in one place that made it easy for parents so seesaw is huge i'm a big seesaw advocate and Seeing the social media, seeing Twitter and Facebook, so many people hopped onto Seesaw. They did so many things to make things easier for the teacher during this emergency time. So I definitely would say, you know, Seesaw was one huge, huge platform. You know, I know we had a lot of teachers that used the Google Classroom and, and things like that because the big thing with teachers was we didn't want it to be anything new for parents. We didn't want it to be anything new for kids. They had to be able to utilize this you know, if they're frustrated with the technology piece, who cares about the homework? They're just, they're trying to figure things out. And so Seesaw was just absolutely huge for me and for my parents. They were comfortable with it. I would say things like Flipgrid, things that, that the kids were already like so familiar with that they could respond to, that they could see each other's faces. That was a big thing too. And of course, Zoom, I don't know. I don't know what I would have done without Zoom with along with most of America right now. So Yeah. Well and and so it's interesting, you know, you hit upon a couple of things that I, I feel like as a parent myself, I really appreciated. And then as someone with that parent lens and then also being in these types of conversations a lot, it is so much about consistency. It is a lot about familiarity and, and it's about communication and, and being Absolutely. able to find your way to be efficiently too, I think do yes. those three things um, helps keep you from getting too overwhelmed, which if you're an elementary teacher is easy to do because of the diversity. I mean, you're trying to teach so many different subjects. Yes. Now, I've, I've talked and, and feel for all educators, don't get me wrong at this moment. Yes. In time, it's hard no matter what grade level or content area you're, you're in. But, uh, but I think particularly those folks that are trying to, to distribute information and, and assess students across five or six different uh, content areas, that's a, a tremendous challenge. 
Um, and, and you brought up, brought up Zoom as being part yes. of, kind of how this all, uh, so that's probably a new to you tool. So what yes. are some of the ways in which Zoom has now found a place in how you yeah, get a chance to work with your students in this remote setting? Well, you know, first of all, the last few days, I've kind of missed my kiddos. We did Zoom every morning. I you know, each teacher had to find um, what worked best for them. Mm -hmm. And for me, just, I don't have any littles at home. My youngest is a freshman in college. And, and so I Zoomed with them every morning. And while I was making my coffee, they're chattering with, with each other in the background and, and things like that. But one thing, when this first started, none of us knew, is this going to be two weeks? Is this going to, yeah. you know, how long is this going to be? So, you know, after that first week, I just got to thinking, you know, I, we've got to, I've got to find something to keep the kids engaged because who wants to just come on and, okay, it's fine. We listen to our teacher a little bit. We're going to, you know, review our lessons a little bit, kind of touch on some math and some reading. But one thing that Zoom really opened up for me was, I was able to bring the outside to my kids. And, and the way I did that was I had something called mystery guest and it really took off. I was expecting, Oh, I'll get a few people that would be interested in popping on. It might just be like once a week. And I actually had a mystery guest, I think each day from like week two, April 1st was our first day. Cause we had April fool's day, um, be our first day, but I had a mystery guest each day then maybe with the exception of a couple of days all the way through the end of our school year. Awesome. So, okay. So mystery guests, and I'm already yeah. intrigued by this. Like, this is so just to frame this for everyone, because some people have done completely like just straight packets and haven't had that kind of face to face Absolutely. in a digital format, you know, with their students, other people have done like flipped to almost instruction or creative videos. And that's been a way to, I know my, my son's teacher um, made like a morning message. Uh, and, and that sort of walked you through your expectations for the day and, and they really didn't get onto Google Meet or Zoom a, a lot. And so if in your, uh, for your class, when you say you met every morning, what, what was about the time duration? Because I think that that probably would matter, right? Especially with oh, second graders and attention spans and those things. And then yes. in those spaces, how did you incorporate this mystery guest? Okay, well, we started our morning meeting at about 8.30, our Zoom meeting. And, you know, parents were so wonderful. At first, you know, when I started before the mystery guest, I was like, if we meet from like 8.30 to 9 o'clock, that's going to be sufficient because it did the same thing as, as your son's, as your child's teacher morning message. I tried to keep things as normal for the kids as I could. You know, we started every morning at school with a morning message. This is what our day is going to look like. So I did the same things with the kids. And so when I first started doing the mystery guest, people are like, well, what do you want us to do for sure? And I'm like, well, you can just hop on and say hi. You know, I'm going to give the kids clues, let them guess who they think it might be. And, and it evolved. Some of our meetings lasted an hour because we had people that took us on field trips, quote unquote, to Beijing, China, to South Africa. We had, um, you know, so I did some mystery guests in the evening just because it worked better. I hopped on from 530 to six also in the evening, just as a double check for any of my kids that may be having difficulty or parents that had questions. We had dental students 
a lot of former students of mine, which that did my heart and my soul. I'm an extrovert. I don't know if you can tell that or not. I am an extrovert. So even just seeing somebody on Zoom that I hadn't seen for a while and could catch up with them, it yeah. just, um, it was a very, it did more for me probably than maybe for the kids, but oh, it you know what? opened I, up I, a whole I, new world for them. So I'm going to interject at this point though. And I, I think that that is not something we have to apologize for. Yeah. <laughs> because if you think about being a teacher, you so much of it is those good vibes that you derive from the like interaction with your students that motivates you and keeps you invested and keeps you, as you said, 30 years into the profession feeling like you just started the other day because you're still having yeah. so much fun doing the work. And like, oh, I love it. Yes. So, so I love it. You know, I, I, I do think that it's okay. We can be a little selfish and, and derive positive, you know, energy and good vibes from. Yeah, being able to to interact with our students and what a powerful thing too to ask like former students back and to sort of see some of that full circle. That's just incredible. This is blowing my mind a little bit now. So how do how do you reach out to someone in Beijing, China, for example? So wow. I, I imagine myself being an educator listening <laughs> to this going, that sounds terrific. Who do you know in Beijing? Do I have to know how hey, to speak a different language? It's, <laughs> it's easier than what you think. First of all, all of these people that helped, um, they made it so easy because I it started with a Twitter post and it started with a Facebook post. Hey, this is what I'm thinking of doing in my classroom. Is there anybody interested in doing this? And all of a sudden I was getting, oh, I would love to join your Zoom. Oh, I could do it. What do you want me to do? And so it was all of a sudden I had this whole list of people, which like I said, many included former students, which that was just the coolest thing in the world about made me cry every time they they popped on. But I had had my daughter actually just graduated from UNMC um, College of Nursing in Kearney, Nebraska, and she had done a study abroad in Beijing last year, thankfully, <laughs> before all of this. And so she had a PowerPoint that she had done for my kids last year. And so she hopped on and she did that same PowerPoint. I shared my screen. She answered questions. She showed things. Um, with our, my former student from South Africa, he had just gotten back. He was with the Peace Corps and he had been in South Africa for um, a couple of years. And so he actually, he did the same thing. It was a lot of pictures. And so it was more a virtual field trip, but it also kind of opened the kids' eyes to, okay, so there are a lot of opportunities as I get older, you know, they hadn't heard of the Peace Corps. They didn't know what study abroad was. They didn't know, you know, oh, so what is traffic like in China? Ooh, this is a hospital room in China. You know, there were just so many things that I was able to bring and those, my mystery guests were able to bring to the kids that they may not have experienced otherwise. Or in my classroom, I would have been like, ooh, that would be a cool idea, but I don't have time to bring that person in to talk. So. Right. Oh, and what a cool experience for those kiddos to look at someone who is a practicing professional and realize yes. that their road went through this, this same yes. experience that they're currently on. Not this same one, <laughs> remote right. learning aside, <laughs> but, right. but, but, uh, wow, that, that is really remarkable and something, and, and I, I guess I'll go with here with this too, then, and say that my like interest right now too, or to start to parcel out, what, what are some of the takeaways from this time that are going to be things that can continue to happen? Maybe, 
again, in a different way, but when we get back to school and, and we've talked a lot on different podcasts and things about like just the capacity we all have in a tech, you know, with our tech and our blended practices. Um, but, but I hadn't really thought about something like, you know, do you think mystery guest will be a new segment? Um, whenever Mm -hmm. school resumes, what our new normal will look like. Yeah. And you know, I think it's just a matter of, like I said, we just get so caught up into our routines at school and definitely we have things that we have to cover and we have things that, that need to be done. But, you know, if the person is willing, I had a student, a former student last week that's out in California attending art school and he got up at 6.30 in the morning to Zoom with us and, you know, for him to show the kids his artwork and it's like, how easy would that be for me to integrate that into an art lesson and then talk about okay so what can you do as a job so explain that um he didn't have to be there physically in person but two just doing this I just want to go back just a little bit one of my favorite things that I did is I coach track too and I'm really close to several of those kids and with proms canceled and graduations canceled I was like, I was racking my brain and thinking, how can I make this special for, you know, I have a couple of girls that, that I'm especially close to, how can I make this special for them? And they're kind of extroverted too. And I knew they would be up for whatever I planned. And so I got a hold of a couple of these girls and they helped get other high school students together. And we had a little princess party one night, you know, we dressed up and the little girls and it was open to the boys too. And I had some boys pop on, but they didn't, <laughs> they have figured out, they figured out zoom really, you know, quickly. They know more about zoom than I do. They had the video off. So we couldn't see that it was a boy, you know, but one of our girls had a crown and she had the disco ball going in the background. And you know, <laughs> it was just, it was so wonderful to kind of bring being a K-12 district. My kids are very used to having high school kids in and out of my room a lot as an aide or track kids will pop down and, you know, just they pop in and out a lot. And so that was something that was a lot of fun. I cried after after that one too. I was like, Oh, but that was a lot of fun. So that would be hard to bring into the classroom, but you know, Hey, maybe the girls could, do a little style show and bring, you know, (laughs) walk through the classroom. But I definitely think that this will kind of hopefully change some things, you know, maybe people that were frightened of technology before, maybe like, I can do this, you know, this is something I can bring into my classroom and I can implement in little pieces. Well, and and I think along with uh, those tech tools and along with kind of the new practices that we're utilizing for or in the midst of, your your efforts there to sort of connect them to have some fun and and to bring raise their spirits I think is another major major piece um, that yes. people uh, recognize the need for that I think is only going to increase as this you know progresses should we end up back here in in, in the fall um, and and that is going to be interesting you know that so many uh, we'll just speak specifically to elementary students they had the opportunity to get their know their, to know their teacher for the better part of a school year, three-fourths of it. Mm-hmm. And so that relationship was in place. And yes. it, it's going to be increasingly challenging for us to continue to try to keep students engaged and help them feel invested when that relationship piece maybe isn't there. 
Uh, And so I I see, I think the more we can start to think through those things, uh, that's really critical. Uh, I like what you're doing there. And, and, I'll, I'll maybe spin off with this a little bit too. My my own son has been a little bit down lately and, and kindergarten, right? Like it's not like he uh, has invested in his track career for yes. 12 years and it's missing, which that breaks my heart. Yeah. But he said to me the other night, he goes, you know, and he, he likes school and he like, you know, he actually kind of gets competitive about it even already at six. And he goes, I, you know, I'm, I'm good at school, but, but I can't go to school and I'm good at sports, but I, I can't really do sports. And it is frustrating because I don't even know like who I am. And I go, that yeah. is a big reflection for six for him to be able to yes. articulate that. Oh, yes. um, and I, and I think that we're all feeling that mm-hmm. a, a little bit. And uh, so any efforts we can make, and we don't have to have all the answers. That's why we're doing podcasts and things is just that let's, let's talk about it. <laughs> right. know, if nothing else, have you, have you thought about kind of that um, social emotional piece or that fostering relationships? Um, and, and to what degree do you have any things you're kind of looking for as you move into the fall? Yeah, you know, I think every teacher right now is thinking, oh my gosh, what is this going to look like in the fall? And, you know, listening to NSEA and and just other people within the state, you know, it could be, okay, well, we could go back part-time. It might be part of our second graders are there one day, you know, the next day, the next group. Mm -hmm. Um, We could go total total remote. It could be everybody's there. So it's kind of, it's a difficult thing. You just don't know what to plan for. And I totally agree with you. Relationships are such a huge part of it. And thankfully this was at the end of the year, you know, so many of those relationships with families and, and things like that were already very established. You know, I think if we have to go partially remote, it's going to take a lot of teach or a lot of time on the teacher's part, you know, say in July, it's announced, Hey, this is what we're going to do. I think we're going to have to start reaching out to families, you know, just so they can see our face and it doesn't have to be a huge formal thing, but just getting getting to know them and getting to know the families. I've been around long enough that I've taught siblings of a lot of these kids and things like that, but there are sure. also a lot of new families that don't know me, even though I've been there a long period of time. And then, you know, having kids, you know, starting the school year, whether you know the teacher or not, the kids are nervous, they're apprehensive and, mm-hmm. you know, and excited, of course, too, just as teachers are, but getting to know them as learners obviously your best for is face-to-face. I mean, being able to be right next to that child, but um, if we're going to have to do this remotely, it's, it's going to take a lot of effort. I've worked harder probably than I ever have. This is for sure. And so trying to think of how we would begin the school year, it's going to take a lot of thought. Good thing we have summer to kind of think through a lot of it. So for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry to drop that big question on you at at the start of, is it, are you on summer break right now? We just start, our last day of remote learning was um, last Friday, the 15th. So okay. just kind of tying up loose ends now. and Yeah, and definitely, you know, unplug and take some time. I know that we have, uh, uh, we've been invested in putting together the Future Ready Conference. Um, I didn't mean to do this plug, but I'll do this since we're on the Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> do it. Uh, it's a free virtual conference that the Department of Education, the ESUs are collaborating on. And so um, we're kind of hopeful that maybe by mid-June, some people might want to tune in, you know, from nine to oh, noon on those days just to... That would be awesome, absolutely. Yeah, yeah maybe start to... I don't know, get, get in the swing of that kind of conversation and thinking as, as we move forward with things. But, but I'm with you. I think that it's, 
the more that we can try to do things like have that morning, you know, Zoom call um, so that we can get to know our students. And the more that my, like my son's morning message, my, his teacher started using Snapchat filters and things. And so it was yes. really comical <laughs> and um, try to spark joy, right? And, and bring, a, yes. bring a laugh and a smile and, and some connectivity too. I also like always want to like advocate for that, that, that learning relationships extend beyond this student to their teacher. Uh, yes, so I've really been trying to stretch myself thinking that way. Like, how do we keep it a com as a community experience? Because when we did our end of the year with his, in his class, we did an end of the year Google meet and they, they showed a little video and it was, I, I cried I truly yes. did, as my yep. son's ending his year that way. But it was like herding cats trying to keep everybody on mute. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all said that's, you know, when you see all these memes of, you know, this is what teachers are going to sound like when they go back to school. That is, that is very true. And having all the animals on Zoom and, you know, it's <laughs> little brothers and sisters, which was awesome, but absolutely. Yeah, it, uh, it's, it will be a, a fun challenge to try to think through some of those things. And, and I love the passion with which teachers have kind of approached this work at this time. Like you said, work harder than, than maybe you've ever had to work. And I think that's because we all have really big hearts and know that, uh, our kids need us um, probably more than they, you know, they always need us, <laughs> but especially in this, this time. New and it was a new situation for everybody, you know, and new situation for parents and so appreciative to those parents that reached out when maybe things weren't going so good. And for me, it was like, okay, so how can I make this easier for you? What can we do to, to make this so that it isn't an insurmountable task? Yeah. Um, so again, it's all about relationships and it's, you know, there were times I did a lot of videos. I did a lot of videos for my parents because I felt they needed to see me. And there were times I did cry and, and, you know, some people might've said, okay, I'm going to pause that. I'm going to start it over. And I'm, it was like, nope, this isn't real time here. So just give me mm -hmm. a second. And, and also there were times that I'm like, okay, it's time you need to hold your child accountable too for the yeah. things that I'm asking them to do and so can you please check over things and and so I think seeing a face rather than just an email and just words written you know or an announcement on Seesaw seeing yeah. that face was a little bit hopefully helped them a little bit so for sure that and that you know you start to kind of think through the the parents role now is much particularly at that early elementary level is larger than it has ever been in the like direct access to the process right not to say that yes. parents were not involved but I'm saying in terms of, they rarely were in there during the instruction <laughs> yeah it's not really commonplace and and to think that parents on some of them are, are part of our feedback loops now <laughs> and that oh, absolutely like, uh and that parents too might benefit from being taught how to teach uh mm -hmm. or how to access things and and creating resources for them to navigate those spaces where you could usually, you know, I'm sure in a blended setting, you're like, I can probably teach your kid how to do this in person and yes. they'll nail, have it mastered within a week. <laughs> but right. if I can't be there to teach them this, then I might need to think about how I can empower you to be able to step in and sort of be without putting too much on parents too. There, there's just so many yes. fine lines with all that stuff. Yeah. And I tried really hard, you know, I did a lot of how to videos thank goodness for Screencast-O-Matic, our integration specialist, go. like here, because I haven't had to use that before, and I was able to do a lot of um, how-to videos, 
Mm -hmm. because you know what uh, what you're seeing as a parent on seesaw is very different you know when they came out with the class app and the kids were able they were used to doing that at school absolutely but the way i was formatting it was new to them was different for them and so me doing those how-to videos if parents were confused i'm like you know if you you can zoom with me i'm happy to share my screen and show you otherwise i created this video you can go back to april 1st and and that's usually about all it took but you know when they're not used and you wouldn't expect them to be used to that part no. of it they're used to seeing it on the parent side so oh, they did I, great though they did great and they need to know they did great i i made sure that i frequently told them how much i appreciated them because it was um you know when you're talking some people might have one child some people might have five you know that you're trying to get everybody on a device and get their homework done then right right well I, I hope in sure. turn uh, you know speak as, as a parent i i sent several text messages and emails to my, to my own kiddos teachers and just uh mm -hmm. so grateful for the the effort that our classroom practitioners just everywhere in, in all different capacities have done in the midst of this to be there academically and emotionally for kiddos and so thank you for all that Oh, uh, and thank you, thank you for your time today, getting a yes. you know, uh, chance to share some of those things. And um, that's what we're here for. We're here to just have conversations so that other people can hopefully tune in and glean what they might from that. And we can all get better as a result of it. And I, I love I love being in this new role because we're, it's just Nebraskans helping Nebraskans. And that's pretty great. Uh, and always Absolutely. in for that. So uh, thank you so much for your time. Yes. And thank you for having me. Yeah.